Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, it's been 10 years since an important paper was published that actually quantified the process of why things either become more orderly or break down. Yes, Scott. And the results of that research published in the spring 2012 issue of the Creation Research Society Quarterly Journal are very significant when considering the feasibility of any kind of positive evolution occurring, whether it's at the chemical, biochemical, or organismal level. The paper was titled Entropy and Applied Energy, written by Charles Krieger, Jr. When it was first published, we did a program on it, and given what I consider to be its importance, I wanted to re-air that program now, a decade later. So, roll the tape, Scott. Okay, here it is. Dr. Scripture, today you said you wanted to talk about how to make a mess of things. (laughs) That's right, Scott. But we're not going to talk about my desk. Although it certainly would be a good illustration of what we are going to talk about. (laughs) Okay, then are we going to talk about Adam and Eve? I mean, they sure made a mess of things. Yeah, they actually made a mess of everything, didn't they? Mm. But we're not going to talk about them either. Let me start our discussion by asking you a question first, Scott. How would you make a big mess? Well, usually I try to fix something. You just see my last home improvement project. I'm still cleaning up from it. (laughs) Well, uh, that's not the kind of mess we're going to talk about. The kind of mess I'm going to talk about is the kind that happens by doing absolutely nothing. Uh And the kind of mess that results from doing nothing is explained by the second law of thermodynamics. And the property or condition the second law describes is called entropy. Now, entropy means disorder, right? Exactly. Not ordering things, but disorder. And in physical science, the level of order or disorder of a system can actually be assigned a numerical value that has units of energy. Really? Yeah. And because the more orderly something is, the more energy it contains, the opposite is also true. The less ordered something is, the less energy it contains. In other words, the greater its entropy. Okay, so if someone measured the entropy of, let's say, your desk, you're saying it would be a huge number? (laughs) Yes, but I said we weren't going to talk about my desk, Scott. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, So what kind of entropy are we going to discuss? (laughs) Well, the kind of entropy that occurs when you have an extremely complex system, like a living cell, Or something even more complex, like a living organism, which is made of a whole bunch of cells, millions and trillions, actually. And they all function together so that the organism takes in energy, uses it to grow and maintain itself, and even reproduce itself. Well, now if you're talking about the entropy of a system like that increasing... You're talking about the cell breaking down or the organism eventually dying, right? That's right. Everything breaks down. And the more complex something is, the greater the tendency there is for it to break down. And even though we've brought up a couple of big words like thermodynamics Mm -hmm. and entropy, what we're describing here obviously isn't rocket science. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to understand these things. Just about everyone figures out this principle pretty early in life because we constantly observe it everywhere in almost every facet of life. However, you know, there is a large group of highly trained and very intelligent people who ignore this elementary principle when attempting to explain how living organisms came into existence. Ah, you're referring to scientists who believe in the evolution of life from inanimate material. Yes, 
And I would also even include scientists who believe in the evolution of complex organisms from quote-unquote simple ones in that group of scientists who ignore this principle of entropy. But especially, as you mentioned, Scott, life arising from non-life requires the occurrence of simple chemicals forming complex chemicals and then complex chemicals associating themselves together in such a way so that they function in extremely precise ways so that they take in energy and use that energy to form even more complex chemicals and replicate those structures so as to become what we would identify as a living cell. Now, when creationists tend to object to evolutionists, this idea that you could take inanimate material and overcome the second law of thermodynamics and move from a state of disorder to order, just all by itself yeah. without something directing it, there is almost always a unanimous response from the evolutionists. They say, oh, well, the second law of thermodynamics only applies in a closed system. And they're correct. In the second law of thermodynamics, the idea is that in a closed system, everything will eventually move to a higher state of entropy. Well, the closed system idea means that as long as you don't have any energy put into the system, if you put energy into the system, you know, that can change this progress of going from disorder to order or order to disorder. So they're suggesting energy came from an outside source? Yes. What would the outside source be within the Earth system? I don't know. Aliens? I <laughs> <laughs> the sun, Scott. Oh, the sun. okay. <laughs> the sun. Uh, and, you know, there's cosmic radiation and stuff, too. But the sun didn't mean to throw you there. But wouldn't the sun be part of that closed system? Well, it depends on what closed system you're defining. If you're talking about the solar system, then the sun, the planets, the moon, Earth, they would all be part of a closed system. But when they're talking about life evolving on Earth, arising on Earth, they would be considering the Earth to be the system where this ah. is occurring. And that system isn't closed. An outside source, the energy from the sun is coming into it. The thing is, just because you've got this system of the Earth and the environment within it being irradiated by light and heat from the sun, that still doesn't explain how you could get <laughs> chemicals to arrange themselves into much, much more complex systems. But, you know, the problem with this whole sort of debate going back and forth is we don't have any scientific clarification for whether or not inputting energy into a system, raw energy, I would say, for example, like light or heat, could indeed cause simple things to become more complex. Well, lo and behold, just recently, an article has been published in the Creation Research Society Quarterly. And I was really, really excited because now someone has actually taken this principle and tested it. Now, granted, it's just mathematically. And we're I'm not going to get into all these formulas and equations because, to be real honest, I don't understand them. Mm. But I do trust the editors that will review the articles that are submitted to the Creation Research Society quarterly. And by virtue of this article being published in the journal, I think that we can accept, I certainly would accept, and I know that there would be some people out there who would say, well, you know, they're not going to accept it because they figure that the editors are all biased as well. I would beg to differ. In any event, this article was published in the spring of 2012 journal, volume number 48, if somebody was wanting to look it up. And the title of the article is Entropy and Applied Energy. 
and the author is Charles Krieger, Jr., and I think the easiest way to get into what this article is talking about is to simply read what is called the abstract. It sort of summarizes the approach and the overall idea of the research project, or in this case, the mathematical problem that Charles is studying. So here I'm going to read from the abstract. Creationists have long used the second law of thermodynamics in arguments against evolution. The response has been that a system's entropy can decrease if energy is applied to that system and that the Earth is such an open system. Now, remember, I'm not reading from the article now. Remember that when it says entropy can decrease, that means order increases. Okay. Okay. We almost think of things backwards when we're talking about things (laughs) scientifically. (laughs) So anyway, the problem is that there seems to be no general principle that shows how applied energy affects entropy. Even the most casual of observations shows that applying energy to a system either can increase or decrease entropy, depending on the nature of the application. This fact is best illustrated by the difference between construction work and a bomb. (laughs) Despite this, there seems to be no general principle describing this difference. It turns out that statistical analysis of the problem provides this needed general principle. Herein, it is shown that when energy is applied to a system, it tends to move the system's degree of randomness toward that of the applied energy. The result is that energy applied in an organized manner will decrease entropy, in other words, increase order, while energy applied in a random manner will increase entropy. And again, the illustration that the writer used, the difference between mechanical energy and a bomb, is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about sunlight versus applied energy that would have mechanical, have purposeful application to it. So my contention has always been, just because you've got energy being applied to the system of the Earth, that energy isn't going to produce order. It's going (laughs) to produce disorder, just like lighting a match to a piece of wood. That piece of wood is very orderly. The cells and the bark and everything in it, compared to just carbon dioxide and water, is very orderly. But adding raw energy, you know, random energy like heat, tears it down even more rapidly mm-hmm. than if you just let it sit and rot. Otherwise, we ought to all be going out and exposing ourselves to lots of solar radiation. Yeah, we, <laughs> it, would, it would fix all our problems, right? <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't. It breaks us down. What the author is doing then is putting together all these mathematical formulas, and I am no mathematician, and I don't understand them, to tell you the truth. But after he goes through these, and like I said, I trust the editors, the reviewers, from the uh, Creation Research Society. They apparently say that these equations are all valid. The analysis then from the conclusions that Charles makes in these equations essentially is, as he stated in that abstract, random energy causes the entire system to move to more randomness. The input of ordered energy causes the entire system to move to more order. The author then writes about the implications that this new principle that he's demonstrated mathematically has on the origin of life, on information theory, which would apply to the information encoded in DNA. Mm. You know, are you just going to have information pop up out of nothing or are you going to have information decrease when it's just literally left alone? Mm. Well, you tell me what happens to your computer programs when you use them and use them and leave them alone without re-inputting, you know, new information. (laughs) They corrupt. They get worse. They lose information. 
And he also talks about the implications for entire living systems. Finally, then in the summary, he says this, It has been shown herein that when energy is applied to a system, the degree of randomness of the system moves toward the degree of randomness of the applied energy. When energy is applied in a manner more random than the system to which it is applied, the system's entropy increases. When energy is applied in a manner less random than the system to which it is applied, the system's entropy decreases. In other words, the order increases. This represents a general concept of how applied energy affects a system's entropy in any application of energy to a system. Furthermore, this provides a solid answer to the argument that a naturalistic origin of life is consistent with the laws of thermodynamics because the Earth is an open system. The argument fails because that energy is applied in a manner far more random than the high degree of organized complexity of even the simplest living cell. So this is a very, very interesting article. It certainly helps answer a question that I've had for many, many years. And yet, you know, the Bible has always assumed that we understand that it's going to take order. It's going to take a very non-random application Mm -hmm. of energy to get the kind of living systems that we have. It reveals that highly ordered energy was input to our system, so to speak, by God. It says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God made the expanse, and God made the two great lights, and God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, and God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And that's not what I say, that's what scripture says.